0: This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Good morning, I'm Don Wick, along with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. There's a large rain system being seen this morning from northern Iowa into eastern South Dakota, extreme southeastern North Dakota, and a large share of Minnesota. There's also scattered snow in the western Dakotas. The National Weather Service is calling for some issues with ice across the Devil's Lake Basin this morning. Snow will pick up this afternoon with the best chance of accumulation happening north of Highway 2. Winds will also pick up today, causing some blowing and drifting.
2: Conab will be out with its monthly Brazilian crop estimates this morning. That'll be followed by the latest USDA supply demand report at 11 o'clock. Heading into the report, market analysts expect a small drop in the corn and wheat carryout numbers from last month. U.S. soybean carryout forecast to increase from 280 million bushels last month to 284 million bushels this month.
1: Really, it's a data dump today. Three different reports. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson was not surprised to see the soybeans pressed lower ahead of those numbers.
0: Well, not really. I mean, it's kind of still in the weather market here. And like I said, we did get that rain. Southern Brazil got some needed rains, too. But, yeah, we do have three huge crop reports. Not really huge, but we got our USDA with the monthly S&Ds out. We got Brazilian... Crop production out from their government agency, and uh, Canadian grain stocks are out also.
1: The trade will be mostly interested in Brazil's soybean production.
0: One that's got a wide range is that Brazilian soybean crop production, but you know it's probably you know in that 150-155, which is is definitely not a train wreck, especially when you're looking at Argentina with a 50 million metric ton plus crop on the way.
2: NDSU Extension Crops Economist, Frane Olson, says a key relationship between China and Brazil will be important to keep an eye on in the
3: long term for the soybean markets. The combination of the, the expansion or the growth in the needs for soybeans f- to China relative to the growth and expansion of soybean production in Brazil. So if we look at, at kind of the longer term trends, for the last 15 years-ish, we've seen a really nice, steady growth in the amount of soybeans that the Chinese have imported. And most of that is because of their growth in their economy, their growth in incomes, and the res- resulting growth in their pork industry. A shift has already started. Well, so now all of a sudden we have this continued growth in the production out of Brazil, but the slower growth happening in the Chinese imports. And one of the things I'm watching longer term is will this slower growth rate in chinese imports the fact that their economy is slowing a little bit that their pork industry is having some problems dealing with the african swine fever and trying to continue to get that under control what does that mean then for not only growth for soybean production here in the u.s but more importantly the soybean production out of brazil because they are by far our strongest competitor in the international market
1: farm equipment prices increased dramatically in 2021 and 2022. Last year's prices increased at a much lower rate. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
3: NDSU Extension Ag Finance Specialist Brian Parman spoke at the best of the best in wheat and soybean research. He highlighted how grain hauling equipment didn't follow the same pattern as other implements.
4: smaller skid loaders because the data was available on it as well as you know grain hauling beet hauling you know equipment you know that's important an important cost to farmers too and while we spend a lot of time talking about harvesters and and tractors and pull type stuff on the road trucks and those are an important cost and component to any any production system so i just thought bringing some of that up might also give an indication of where we're headed with with those. and the other part was I just found interesting was the big increase in, in trailer prices as far as the manufacturing cost versus the you know the actual tractor itself on the road uh, being a bit different.
3: Several possible factors contributed to semi prices remaining steadier than trailers and other farm equipment.
4: It's more speculation than it is concrete on why that may may be the case, you know, demand conditions as well as supply side, are there more available, uh, are the components for production more readily available than these other other pieces of equipment, but uh, probably a lot of everything contributing to that, but right now, as far as the used equipment market goes, it seems like most of our, whether it's ag equipment, construction type equipment, you know, heavy Uh, construction type equipment or even the compact um, we're seeing a decline in in the used equipment market due to
2: this is the Red River Farm Network Thursday farm news on the Red River Farm Network this year's US net farm income is expected to be down 26 percent from a year ago USDA's economist uh, Kerry Lutowski cites lower commodity prices less government support and higher farm expenses net cash farm income is forecast at $160.4 billion for 2023, and it's forecast to fall to $121.7 billion in 2024. That's a decline of almost $39 billion. Farm input costs are forecast to increase nearly 4%. Spending on feed, fertilizer, and pesticides is expected to increase in 2024 after declining in 2023. In a statement, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said the Biden administration has taken unprecedented actions to support small and mid sized producers. Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow reacted to the USDA announcement, saying now is the time to act on a new farm bill. Ranking member John Bozeman said U.S. agriculture is going through the most rapid and steepest erosion in the farm economy of all time and work must be done to improve the farm bill safety net.
1: The Environmental Protection Agency and Natural Resources Conservation Service have signed a memorandum of understanding to give farmers credit for voluntary conservation practices that will reduce pesticide drift and runoff. EPA Assistant Administrator for Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention, Michelle Friedhoff, spoke to the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture and outlined the agency's plan to meet the terms of the Endangered Species Act. With a huge backlog, EPA is looking for ways to streamline its evaluation of crop protection products and the impact on endangered species. That work includes uh, cooperation with the
2: crop protection industry with its options. During its winter policy conference, members of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture approved action items to address ag labor shortages and provide incentives for new and beginning farmers. With the federal court Dicamba ruling, NASDA encourages EPA to use its discretion to allow farmers and ag retailers to use existing stocks and not disrupt the supply chain. NASDAQ also wants EPA to fast-track the registration of crop protection products for the 2025 growing season.
1: The Agricultural Retailers Association is upset with the federal court ruling vacating the registration for over-the-top applications of dicamba. ARA President and CEO Darren Coppock said the timing of this decision is problematic. That's because farmers have already made planting decisions and retailers have stocked seed and herbicides. The Ag Retailers Association is urging the crop protection companies to appeal the decision and request a stay during that appeal process.
2: The Clean Fuels Alliance America's Clean Fuels Conference uh, is uh, underway in Fort Worth, Texas. Minnesota Soybean Growers President Bob Worth is excited about that conference.
0: So biodiesel's come a long way, and what a great product. Good for the environment, good for, good for farmers, good for... Uh... Everybody, I mean, it's great, great product to be using. And this conference just keeps talking about all the good uses of biodiesel, renewable diesel, and now the magic word is SAF.
2: Worth calls sustainable aviation fuel a game changer for the soybean growers.
0: Sustainable aviation fuel, and this is going to be an exciting time. We thought we thought the two percent was going to be exciting, so this SAF is going to be a bigger thing than ever, and that's. It's something that's uh, going to take all the feedstock that we can possibly muster to to gather together to use that uh, great product. Chris
1: Chris Hill represents the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council on the Clean Fuels Alliance America governing board.
0: What we're doing is it's it's um, better, it's cleaner, and it's now that's biodiesel, renewable diesel, and sustainable aviation fluid. And one of the big things that's happening um, here is um all the um, new crush plants that are getting built to fuel this industry. Um, um, We're in a session today, and um, the talk was we have about 6 million bushels per day production, and we're going to be ramping that up to 8 million bushels per day of crush, which is a big number. Hill
1: Farms at Brewster, Minnesota.
2: This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Farm Action has submitted public comments addressing the right to repair in an attempt to prompt the Federal Trade Commission to establish a rulemaking process. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more. I'm
0: speaking with co-founder and chief strategy officer of Farm Action, Joe Maxwell. What kind of effect does being unable to repair their own equipment have on farmers? Far too often, we've seen John Deere and the other major agriculture equipment manufacturers consolidate their dealerships, and today, many farmers have to travel hours to get to a dealership. Our equipment breaks down in the field, sometimes just because of an error on a sensor, and we don't have the ability, or that farmer doesn't have the ability, to actually repair that equipment without contacting that dealer miles and miles away, and oftentimes they have a backlog, and our equipment is down for days, sometimes weeks, sometimes we have to haul. Call it in simply to have them hook it up to a computer and find that a sensor malfunctioned. That is a delay in the field that costs money, time that sometimes we farmers just don't have. Being unable to repair broken down machinery and equipment can add layers of stress to an already stressful career. Farmers are already under a lot of stress, low margins, weather events, extreme weather patterns, and then to have your piece of equipment when you finally have a window open to be able to either harvest or to plant or to spray, to have an error code knock you out of operations is very stressful and it is costly. What are the effects on a producer's bottom line? How costly? is this issue for farmers. It's estimated that this issue of agriculture equipment manufacturers controlling the repair of that equipment and preventing the right to repair it by the farmer or someone of their choice costs as much as $4.2 billion per year. It's real money in the pockets of America's family farmers and ranchers. That was Farm Action co-founder and chief strategy officer Joe Maxwell. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson.
1: The North Dakota Public Service Commission has determined that local cities and counties cannot restrict the Summit Carbon Solutions Pipeline project. The PUC said its approval of the pipeline automatically supersedes and preempts local land regulations. Summit plans to build a 2,000-mile-long pipeline across five states to sequester carbon from 50 ethanol plants, North Dakota rejected the summit proposal in August, but a request for reconsideration is expected. Again, crop report out today, 11 o'clock from USDA right now, we're down a nickel for March Minneapolis wheat at 691 and a quarter, Chicago wheat down by eight cents, KC seven and a half down. March corn, steady money. It's at 434 and a quarter, March soybeans a nickel higher at 11.94. Checking in on the farm calendar, the best of the best in wheat and soybean research going on today. That is in Moorhead. They start with registration at eight o'clock. Ag Country Farm Credit Services has its ag focus conference uh, tomorrow. They'll be in Fargo. Plus, they have a hybrid online event as well. Jim Weismeyer, uh, policy analyst, among their speakers at that Ag Country event. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.